Praise the Lord. It's been a beautiful worship this morning. Uh, worthy is his name. Yes. Lord, we thank you. We bless your name, Lord, indeed. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word. May you be glorified, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I had a a desire to to share many things, but the Lord wanted me to say what I, I'm, I'm going to say today to speak this word to you today: the power of seeing, of seeing right. We're living in a generation that we're seeing so many things around us, and because of what we're seeing, our lives are affected by that. And you know, you find it in the, in the Bible, there's so many places when you go through that it begins to show us how very strategic the Lord was when he was always telling people to lift up their eyes. The Bible talks about Isaiah 60 that Arise and shine, for your light has come. But when you go a little bit uh, further in verse 4 or 3, they said, lift up your eyes and see. They that are covered will come to you. Your daughters and your sons will come, will be nursed by your side. But I want us to look at one person in the Bible as an example of whom God used. And that is Abraham, how he endured to see that was, was invisible. But before I go there, there is one another example about Elisha. The two people seeing, have physically seeing the same thing, but spiritually seeing different things. One was so comfortable. And one is worried. The point of being scared because of the surrounding enemies. Yet, physically, we're in the same location. What made the difference? This one saw with the eyes, physical eyes only. And the other one saw with the spiritual eyes too. And so when he was scared and afraid... The man of God prayed a prayer, and this is my prayer for you and me today. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Some of the things we think are created hopelessness and despair and gloom and doom is because our seeing is affected. He was afraid and scared, but the, Lord, the, the man of God prayed. And the Bible says he opened his eyes and he saw the chariots of fire. 
alongside what you think is over, alongside the things you will fear, there is God. God has not left us alone. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but my, as I was worshiping there, the words came so forcefully, dream again. I'm speaking to somebody here, the Lord is speaking to you, dream again. Some of you have abandoned your dreams. The Lord is saying, dream again. Praise fellowship is a time to dream again. You don't abandon that. Life will be so no value without that dream that God gave you. Because that is the only thing that gives God permission to step into your life. Without that dream, why, how would he find his way into your life? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And so, what do you see in your life today? Five years from now? Ten years from now? This week, you look at your body, you see the doctor's report, you look at your children, you see things, and is that all there is? Is that the only seeing we are seeing? Please, I come to provoke us to say, let's hope in God again. The Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Things hoped for. Evident of things not seen, not seen by these physical eyes. But we have hope for things we are not seeing yet. Because our eyes are seeing the things that are not temporal. The word temporal there means subject to change. The sum of things we see are subject to change. The, the fear, the, the things you will see around us, because we have seen it with the physical eyes, they are subject to change. But for us, we're given another pair of eyes, the eyes of our heart, to see, to imagine, to see through the eyes of God. There's more to life than what the enemy is doing to us. There's more to America than what you see today. Because if you see wrong, you will pray wrong. And if you see right, you'll pray right. What do you see? What is informing your prayer and the reaction and action in life? Is it the pain? The rejection? The sickness? The things you're going through? Unfortunately, God did not promise that life would, not, it would be without battles. But he said... In the world, there will be affliction, but take cheer. I have overcome the world. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling somebody, he would rather go through in the fire with you than just remove the fire. And some of you are in that level, and you think God has abandoned you. No. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. We like that sounds, but that doesn't sound good unless you have the right perspective to life. So we read from um, Genesis chapter 13 from verse 14 to 15, the first encounter God with, uh, with Abraham. And this is what the Bible says. 
And the Lord said to Abram, after Lord had separated from him, lift eyes, lift your eyes and look from the place where you are. Northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For the land which you see now, again, I emphasize that, the land which you see, I'll give it to you and your descendant forever. I will now make you the, your descendant as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, you, then your descendant shall be, could be numbered. Arise and walk the land through its length and its width, for I give it, I, I give it to you. This was a promise. This is, God began to speak to the man of God. And it's a beautiful, but this scripture, Abraham didn't capture what God was saying. God had told him he's going to bless him. I mean, you, you, you look at him and you wonder what, uh, you, maybe you, you feel like you are not, you don't have faith. The father of faith would not hear God in the first place, in the first time God spoke to him. But when they had separated with Lord, Lord had chosen the beautiful uh, plains of Sodom and Gomorrah, but this man, God told him not just to look by physical eyes, but to lift up his eye and see from where he was. And so today, I tell you where you stand, where you are in life right now. Lift up your eyes and see. God is calling us to dream, to see again, to imagine beautiful things. You remember when you just fallen in love with God and you're born again and the whole world was too small for you to conquer. But you've allowed circumstances and things to redefine your life. No, it's not that God has become small. You have reduced him. God is still the same God who fell in love with you, who you fell in love with. God is still powerful. He has never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, he's not aging. He's not old. He's God who was and he is and he will be. He's as powerful as he was when he first met you. Dream again. Don't let what you're going through define you. Let God define you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's look forward. When whatever happens, I mean, the greatest miracles in the Bible were happening to people whose life had come to an end. And God removed the barrier. And there was a new chapter. But some of us are defining barriers and opposition as if the end of the whole thing. No, we are the children of God. It is not over until he says it's over. Amen. Hallelujah. I say, it is not over until he says it is over. Amen. God have a final say in your life. It is not circumstances you're going through. It's not just what people say or what you're going through that they would say. It is God who has a final say in your life. When Abraham did not learn, the Lord had to come to him again. Hallelujah. And this time, again, we see God come to him in Genesis chapter 15 from verse when you read from verse 1 you can see but I'll read this maybe the conversation is uh, I, I'll read this one so that I go to what I wanted to um, the conversation began by God introducing himself afresh uh, to the man of God because he had 
given him this promise, but seemingly he didn't capture what God was saying. And so we come here, he says again, hallelujah. You know, we have technology, but we need to read the Bible too. I just want to read this one. Uh, chapter 15, from verse 1. The Bible says, after this Things the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord, God, what would thou give me? I want you to see something there. Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house, this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is my, is, 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 the, is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he shall come out of thy own bowels shall be thy heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look, Look at that word again. Look towards heaven. Now, he was looking different, a different place. So God said, look towards heaven and tell the stars. If, if thou be able to number them, and he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and it was counted for him as righteousness. Now, this time he believed. And that was... Now, God had to bring him now out of the tent. Some of us are engrossed in things that have veiled the vision of God for our lives. God had already told him, he was repeating it. I will do this to you. For you, I will do, give you this. But he didn't. You know, see the problem. He said, God, you are saying this beautiful thing. God said, I am your shield and exceedingly great reward. So, what reward? You've blessed me, yes, physically, but I have, uh, 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 somebody else we're going to inherit what I have labored for all. I said, no, you're a descendant, as I promised you. You didn't hear my word. You didn't believe what I said, but I will say it again. One who will come from your powers, your loins, will inherit your things. And the man of God began to say what most of us say. How, how, what are you going to give me? Seeing underline that was seeing I am I go childless Abraham was seeing his condition he was seeing that he had no child but they were not seeing the same thing with God the fact that you see the physical aspect of life the way you see most of us are seeing the doctor's report and it's final we have we can't lift our head up above it no guys we're not alone we have a God who says he's, he delights in healing us. And I, I don't know whether he will heal everybody else. But this word says, he is the Lord that healeth us. I cannot remove it because the, the things look hard. It's written, by his stripes we shall be healed. Let not that report be the final. Seeing some of us financial aspect of our life and the future looks gloomy. How are you seeing your future? What do you see? Like Abraham, he saw his barrenness. 
He saw his childless. He go. In other words, that word means I am going to die childless. So what, what is this story you are telling me? You are my reward. I know somebody else is going to inherit. No, God is saying what he promised you will come to pass. And so he brought him out and said, Live, look towards heaven. Now, don't look around you. Look up. And I come to help somebody today like me. Let's not look at what is happening around us. Let's have a different pair of eyes and see America through the eyes of God. And see our life through the eyes of God. And see our children through the eyes of hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel. When you read the Bible in, in Romans 4, you will see the problem. The Bible says, again, as hope, Abraham hoped. In other words, there was no reason to hope. There was no reason to believe because he was past childbearing with together the womb. The, Sarah's womb was dead. And him was also past the, the, the days of getting children. There was so, physically speaking, it was over. But he was persuaded that he who promised is able to deliver what he has right. promised. And it is in this case, and he believed and was counted for him righteousness. Please don't use logic alone. There's more to life than your logic, than what is apparent, than what appears, than what you see. Don't just see what you see. There's more to life than what you're seeing right now. I can choose to see young people flocking this house again. I can choose to see this house is filled and this county is visited by God. Hello? It has nothing to do with age. It has to do with the mindset. Because even in our old age, the Bible says we shall be fruitful and flourishing. Why are we resigning? We are going by the world standard. We retire. Uh, uh, it's okay to cease to do certain things. But in the presence of God, we don't retire. We remain before him and we be, be fruitful even in our old age and we shall bear fruit. We shall be flourishing. So remove from you the idea that yours is done. Your life, you, your life, God found this man at the age of 80 and a few of you have reached that age in this house. And therefore every one of you is a candidate to be used by God. You don't believe me. I'm not trying to make a good story. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Abraham was 100 years when the miracle happens. How many of you have hit that level yet? So don't, don't tell God that you're old or you are, you are done. And to young people, the Bible says, do not say I'm young. It's time for us to yield and expose our hearts to God and let him guide our life again. It is time for us to dream again. As a church, we will be hurt. I wish I promised you that human beings will hurt each other. But there is something more than that. God has called us to. For you, if you choose to love in spite of what people do, you will survive. Hallelujah. Do you see where God is taking this house, this church? Can you dream again? 
the dreamers are the only ones who are willing to sacrifice to see something happen. When you become a complainer, you cannot participate in what God is doing. Dreamers pay the price because they have seen, like Abraham, endure to see the invisible. They have seen something is coming in spite of the gloom and doom that is there. And therefore they see a city built by God. They see something beyond what is here. Because God is faithful. He who began a good work in your life is also faithful to accomplish it. He will bring you to fruitful end. He will fulfill what he has said. So can we embrace his word again? Can we embrace his promise again? It's the power of vision, of dream. It is the, the, the moment we stop dreaming, we begin dying. Unfortunately. Please dream again. As I speak to you, I speak to myself. Let's dream again. We have a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can think or imagine according to the power that is working within us. There is something working in us. God will exceed your expectation if you give him a chant. Or we can give the enemy or circumstance a chant and approve the prophecy of ourselves speech. We speak a lot of things. Oh, I, 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 I have been in conferences and been with people this few, oh, America is finished, America is, this is true. But if that is the only side of the story, then it's, it's so God failed all the promises of he said to people. We read people like Smith Wickleworth when dying, they prophesied. We read some of us from people like John Lake when they were dying, they said there's going to come a revival in America again. God spoke in spite of what we see today. There is a promise on this land that God will move again. And the question is not that God cannot do it. It's just people are not willing to, to fight. The spirit that provokes a willingness to sacrifice, to lay down our life, we cannot do it because what we are seeing is hopelessness. What we are seeing is there's no hope. And even some of you giving has gone down because we give to what we value. Why would I give my time, my tithe, my life to something that I don't believe in? If God is trying to do something, he's looking for people who can say, God, I want to partner with you again. This final stretch of things. I want to be part of what you're doing on the earth again. You don't age when you work with God. You just go home. Hallelujah. And God took him home. We don't die when we serve God. We go home. We fulfill our purpose and go. Will you join this chariot of dreamers again? While we are like, you know, some of you are expecting political situation to change for America to be better. God has never put hope in that. He has put hope in you. The only people, you are the only body he has chosen to flow through to bring change. Not politics. As beautiful as it is, it is not, he's not, God is not saying he's going to change America through politics. The reason America is good, the reason you had good politicians for years that are past, because some people pay the price of living good Christian life. And out of them, their sons and daughters came who had moral values. 
and created what you call a good constitution now because it was born out of good people. It's not that people are necessarily good. People sought the Lord. But we are reversing it again. It is the church. It is the Christians that build Yale University. It's not the politicians. They may misuse it now today. But it was, you go to Princeton, most beautiful, powerful places of academia was built by the church. Why have we stepped back? Because we are wrestling things in the wrong way. I was, I was, I was, I was in, a, in Asbury. I, I go to school there sometimes. This is a town of uh, about 6,000 people, and mostly these two universities, the seminary and the Asbury University, which are just together there, which make the major population of the town. It's a one street, what do you guys call a one horse town? But, <laughs> but God decided to move, not because some great preachers were there. Actually, from the story, is the young people who were not willing to go to, to, to chapel kind of repented. And from there, God just moved. And because people would not explain it, they would not allow anybody to come and try to preach. The lecturers and professors step back and allow the Holy Spirit to. In a small place like that, the, the problem they shut it down, it was not that God was moving. It was the too many people, the structure cannot hold the people who are coming in. The city's airports were packed and nobody, things were on standstill because God was moving. The problem is not empty chairs. The problem is not lack of people in the church. The problem is our heart posture before God. He can draw anybody. And you hear stories of what God did in that place, you, you have hope for this country and for the world. Now, we know that God may not save the whole world, but when I'm no, I made up my mind I'm not going to help Satan do his work. I'd rather be on God's side. So I'm not going to speak his language. I'm not going to see what he sees, want me to see. I will see what God wants me to see. Praise the name of the Lord. Any change that comes significantly comes from proper seeing. It's not just a talk. What do you see? Any significant change means we pursue that which we see. If you don't see it, you can't pursue it. So I ask you again, pray to God. The, road on, the, the people who are on the road, the mouths, the disciples, the whole world was collapsed. And if you could hear them, they said we had hoped. Now that word is, we had hoped this one would be the deliverer of Israel. But they killed him. But he was with them. Their problem, they could not see even the Savior when he was walking with them. Some of us, the miracle is with us, but we cannot see. We are still talking about what could have happened if Jesus was with us. Yet he's with us. The Bible says, and their eyes were opened. Immediately, nobody told them anything. They turned back to Jerusalem and began to preach a different message. May God baptize your eyes with the fresh seeing. The problem is not the problem. The problem is your seeing. Especially us who believe in the Lord. Now, am I denying the reality of what is there? It is there. But there's, there's another reality that is greater than the reality you see. We can't deny that you were sick. That would be a lie. But we have one that was able to call a man who was dead four days in the, in the grave 
and call him back to life. Do you think he cannot call forth your situation? When he was standing there to Lazarus, the key word he said, and the people didn't capture well, he said, I am life and resurrection. No, he didn't say, I will resurrect him. I am life and resurrection. I am that thing you are looking for. I am life and resurrection. Because I am, he will live. He is life and he is a resurrection. And because of that, he called the dead man back to life. God can call forth your situation again. I've come to encourage you to believe, to dream together again as a church. Praise fellowship. We can still hold the vision of this church even to the greater height. It's not about man. It's about the heart that gave it. It's about God who gave the vision. Any one of you can embrace it together and run with this vision. God has given a dream for this area. Will you join him? You know, you can choose to be on the team that complains. Because, you know, I will, I will, I will tell you, there will be never perfect thing when man is part of it. It doesn't matter how good a preacher or you, you always, if you choose to see imperfection, you'll see it. But God is looking for people whose hearts are broken and contrite before him. People who say, without you, I can do nothing. And God, I know that uh, I, I'm not it put together everything, but I know you can use me. And together we'll see others a little bit differently. And we will want to be a community. That if God's presence erupts in this place, our, some of our prayers that we've prayed for years will be answered because God is moving. Our children will come back. Land will be healed. Things will change. Can you imagine the whole people who had a restaurant? It was only one restaurant in Osbury, and it was Chinese. And there was nothing. People, people, people had to carry food. And that place became rich because everybody was going there to eat. It was, I mean, if God moves in this area, the economy changes. But the, immediately, there's, he heals everything. If he shows up, everything shifts. Don't look for economy. Look for God. He will change things. See what he sees. When he was about to go, he, he took Moses and he was sending him to Egypt. And Moses was, had run away from Egypt. And he's taking the man who was run, running away from Pharaoh to go back to be a deliverer. He had to change something about this man. And so we read in, in, in Exodus 7 verse 1, he calls Moses and tells him, Behold, and that word behold is still see. Look at the picture I'm painting before you. Look, I have made you a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron will be your prophet. I want you to see yourself differently, for you will never deliver these people until you change who you, you think you are. I'm giving you a fresh identity. You're going into Egypt as a God. Hmm. Hallelujah. I know that doesn't go well with our theology, but it's written. God is giving this man power and ability to execute Deliverance. He had to see himself differently. He's no longer Moses who is running away. He's Moses who is empowered by God now. He saw himself, see, I have made you. In other words, God didn't say, I will make you. I have already made you. Your, your problem is now, see, I have made you a God. 
I want you to capture who you are right now. You are a God to Pharaoh. You are going in there a different man. You are not a refugee. You are not running away from this man. You are going there as a God now. I have given you permission to be. So he, when he went there, he said, let my people go. Why? My people? Let's God people go. Hallelujah. He, he began to speak with authority. And Aaron was his prophet. For a moment. Now, who, what, what do you see when you look at yourself? See, I have made you. Bible says, behold, again, that word you will always see, you are a new creature. All things are gone and all things are new. Every time you see the word behold means, look at this picture that I'm putting before you. Look. Some of us don't look. We read the Bible skimming through, but pay attention to simple words like this and you'll begin to see it in different light. Behold. We see Jeremiah as a young man. God comes to him. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, he said, ask him, what do you see? And God is asking us today, what do you see? He said, I see a board, a boiling board and all this, he saw that. But he, the key word I want you to see is the Bible says, and God said, you have seen well. I will hasten my word to perform it. God will perform what you see. And so, what am I trying to speak to us today? Please reduce things you are seeing, whether it's a TV, television or whatever, and begin to see something different. Let your eyes begin to see things God is seeing. Ask him that the eyes of your understanding will begin to see, will be enlightened. To see the hope of your calling. To see things that you otherwise will never see. Why? Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, that the God of this world has blinded the mind of the unbelievers. They can see the glorious light of the gospel. The reason they cannot see or hear the gospel you are preaching and it's nonsense to them is their minds are blinded. They cannot see. But for us, we can pray to see. We can ask God to remove the scale from our eyes. And therefore, when Paul encountered Jesus on the road to, um, the, uh, to the, the, uh, on his way to Damascus, the first thing is the scale fell from his eyes because he didn't see who the Savior was. May the Lord cause the scales to be removed from your eyes that you may see well. May God cause us to see as we ought to see so that our passion may be ignited again. That the fire within our portion. When you look at your wife, what do you see? Remember the first time you saw her? When you first fell in love, you saw something, you conquer anybody to just beware there. But now you get used to them, you see, you see something ordinary. Uh, you're used to it. It's very dangerous. You are seeing wrong. You better see a treasure beside you. Praise the name of the Lord. May the Lord baptize your eyes again to see better. Because it's the same. The, the reason there's no passion in your heart is because you are seeing wrong. You're just seeing another one uh, beside you. No, it's a gift from God. If that begins to shift, I mean, when we begin to see things in the proper perspective, 
we align our, our attitude and our action right. So what do you see? Hallelujah. God is good. Um, I will not go there, but I will just share another story to conclude. Is, uh, when God wanted to bless Jacob, Jacob had, uh, in Genesis chapter 30, you can read there in, um, in verse 37 to 39, about him getting speckled animals, and uh, before they met, he would take a stick and make it look like that and put it before them, because you produce what you see. You're not listening to me. I say, you, what you see is what you conceive. And what you conceive is what you produce. So if you see too much before television, you are conceiving something. You don't like the result, but you are pregnant with what you see. So Jacob wanted to produce more of the speckled animals. So he had to get a tree and make it look like that. When these animals were mating, he put it before them. And so they conceived exactly what they I mean, that would be like witchcraft, but it's, it's in the Bible. <laughs> it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like God doing this. But it's there. It, but the principle is, be careful what you keep seeing. Because you'll conceive that. So we cannot say what Abraham said. Seeing I go childless. No, we are not alone. We have a new pair of eyes from God. We will see through his eyes. Hallelujah. God is good. And so, the implication of what I'm saying is that God has never used people who have no vision. God will always, he said, he does, he, 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 be, he defines the end from the beginning. In other words, every man of God, everybody who has done something great, God began by giving the future before they, they, they began. He begins by giving you a vision of how the future looks like. We are talking about Abraham. If you continue to read the scriptures that in chapter 15, you say that he told him everything that was coming to pass. And he said 400 years from now. That's long. But God, that, that's how long God kept the promise. Your descendants will, will go into captivity in the land of Egypt. People think that the Egyptian took these people, but God was not aware. God was aware. And he was even aware of the time they would spend in Egypt. He told Abraham that. And when time is, because what I want to give you, the, 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 the Amorites and all their sins are not fulfilled, so I cannot judge them yet. There are certain things God is waiting to do to do what he has promised to you. But he has put a time. He does, God does not work with our time. He works with his time. Because when everything is fulfilled, it aligns to so many things. It causes a chain reaction on so many things. I told you in this church before, had God answered Joseph's prayer two years prior, when he had interpreted a dream for the two people, he would have come out of prison because literally the guy went before Pharaoh and this guy interpreted a dream. And God, this man, if he remembered and told Pharaoh, possibility is that Pharaoh would have come and say, let him go. And where would he have gone? He might have found his way back to Palestine, to his homeland, to his father. 
But God had deliberately refused to answer the prayer. He let him remain in the prison for two more years. And those two years, it is when the fullness of time had come, God put a, a dream in Pharaoh, and the only person who can interpret was Joseph, and it was for that purpose he was promoted. God is waiting for the right circumstances that when he answers what you have been praying, many people will be blessed because of your obedience. So many things will happen because of what you're doing. And therefore, he knows the impact of the, the answered prayer. That when he answered you in the right time, it's not just about you. It's about many, many people being changed. So please, can you be patient a little bit with God? It's just two more years he will answer. <laughs> it's true. Just hold on. I know it looks tough, but God is going to answer. He's true to his word. He's true to his word. The Bible says he has exalted his word above his name. In other words, he recut his word so seriously that he would rather, we, we have sung how powerful the name of Jesus is, but he said that name is no good if his word is no good. So he has exalted his word above his name. He takes his word seriously. If God has prophesied something in your life, he will answer. The, just be partners with him. Begin to see what he sees together. Do not let circumstances destroy what God has promised you. And there are many other things that we can learn, align ourselves so that the things God has said can be. But the key is vision. What do you see? The Bible says, though vision tarries, wait for it. Some of you, your vision is tarrying. Your dreams seem to be waiting. But God is telling you today, though your vision tarry, wait for it, for surely it will speak. It is not basically to answer. The vision will speak. I don't know how that sounds to you, but your vision will speak again. That which God has promised will respond. Wait for that word. Some of us speak a lot too much, too quickly. I don't think that would be possible. Uh, like the guys on the road to the mouse, I had hoped. We, we, I knew this would be the answer, but now look at me. God just left me. This guy just left me. This thing just went like this. God said, like Joseph, you could have said, I just helped them. I interpreted their dreams, but they ignored. They just went and never been told that. You know, we would have to come to church and pray for spirit of rejection over you. Some things that God is not going to answer no matter how many, who, who lays hands on you. Time is a factor in some things. No matter how much you pray or where you go for God to do something, if God is the one who is going to do it, he will do it at his appointed time. But the key is as we process us towards that, we go through the process to the answered prayers we should hold. God is faithful. I say God is faithful. Hallelujah. Can you dream again with him? Can you have faith and begin afresh with God as a church? I'm speaking to you as an individual, as a community. We need to dream again. I know I came to this church in Israel. Could I say infant, the stages of it, the excitement that was here, the, the joy that was here, the passion that was here. It was like I, I, you would want to linger and just be here. 
It was not about personality. It was about the presence of God. Today, we, we, we focus too much of who is what and what is what, and we forget why. Why are we here? God planted this church, not a man, for the sake of the community. So come with full commitment to it. It's not about pastors. We have had to, they are gone. It's not about personalities. It's about the dream that God wants to be fulfilled in this area. And if you come here, come full 100%. Commit to what God is doing and be part of what God is doing. For him to promote you to the next level or to wherever you think you can go, then fulfill what he has called you here. If it's just being here, be. Today, the church has become like, we, we are just like restaurants. If this, they are not cooking good, I go elsewhere. We have no covenantal rights. We are, we are never like, the world, we just move from one place to another as if we never left people. We, we, we build lives together with people. We have dreamed together with others. You just don't leave. You just don't go because it's easy to go. Where is that element of sacrifice and, and waiting to see God, if, enduring pain for a little bit? We have so many alternatives today just like the world that when something goes wrong, we have to look for another way to go. And sometimes God wants you to remain like a caterpillar, he wants you to be a butterfly, but you, you don't want to go through the pain. And you think you're hoping from one church to another, things will be better. No, he won't. It will still go through the process until you hatch into a beautiful butterfly. You are meant to fly, but you will crawl on the ground because you are refusing the pain of the process. Please, I'm not talking against anybody. I'm just saying that there is something we can embrace God and hold in spite of what is going on. The man of the son of God, the Bible says, he endured pain. He despised pain because of what was said before him. You, he saw you. He saw me in Africa. He saw people getting saved. And therefore, the pain of the cross, he despised it because he saw something. He saw the future. The reason some people give some people do things they're not supposed to do is because they're enduring to see something beyond themselves the foundation of our christianity is love and love is not about you love is about somebody else love is stepping out of you to have to see the good of another and how is that going to be possible when everything is around about you what they have done to you what they have not done to you I'm not shouting at you. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I, I, I am home. This church is as good as mine as it is yours. I've been here long enough, many years on this pulpit. I just want the best that God has for this house to become. You are more than where you are. You can do better than what you have been doing. You have more. You can do more. You, God has trust, entrusted you with a lot. And together... You can change more than you're willing to. Stop for once looking at yourself. And what people may be doing to you but, and say, God, what is my life worth? Every living things give. What are you doing? In you and the mode of receiving, you will complain because things are not coming the way you want. Trees give us oxygen, we give back something. Whatever is alive must give something. 
Don't look at your, what you don't have. If I looked at the pockets, I would not be preaching here today. Something about money is not lack of it or whatever. It's the willingness of the heart. And God will open that opportunity for you to do something. Don't say I'm poor. Don't say. Like Jeremiah, i just a youth. Kids are doing things that are causing headline in the wrong reasons. Why can't we do it the right way? God help us. Guys, we are on the final stretch. And I believe God is about to give us something beautiful. We are the Omega generation. We are about to conclude church age. We must be willing to step in full. We must be all in. I ask you, commit a little bit more. Linger a little bit more in, in, in with the things of God. Don't give up that easily. Don't give the enemy that quick surrender because things are not going well. All I'm saying is if you can hold on a little bit longer, the answer is on this way. If you can put down what you are seeing and see in different pair of eyes, things will shift. We, 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 we're looking and feeling hopeless because we are seeing politics. God is good. I say God is good. But you know, can you see that in your heart that is good to you? Hallelujah. I love you. And that's why I have the I have the audacity to speak something tough on you sometimes. That's good preaching, Hallelujah. But I also know you can do more. You are positioned in a good place. In this place of what you think is pain or whatever level you are, whatever age you are in, it's a beautiful time to be alive. Hallelujah. Yield to God. Father, I want to thank you. I bless you for this beautiful lives and you are moving scales from their eyes to see. Open their eyes, Lord, they may see again. Lord, cause them to dream again in the name of Jesus. Lord, you're more beautiful than them, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your eyes to the heavens. Lift your eyes over the mountain. Whence cometh your help? You've looked down too long. Look up. Help comes from the Lord. Thank you, Father. We are set together to see the fulfillment of great things in our life. I join this company. I join this community to see beautiful things happen. This is a house of miracles. I've, that's what the Spirit of the Lord is. God is going to do miracles again. This is going to be a place where people will come and experience Encounter God and the house of miracles again. In the name of Jesus, it shall be so in his name. Hallelujah.